0: Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We have turned the corner. We are now into July. We've only got a couple more short months, and we'll be back in the field before you know it. Next, days. next big holiday is Dove. Days,
1: days getting shorter. They are next big holiday is Dove Eve for us. Just for the record, where do people buy more waiters and license at? Uh, Arkansas. And if you're going to live in Arkansas, on. if you're going to live in Arkansas, what do you need? You need waiters. And who, and who makes the best waiters out there?
0: Shin Gear Waiters, made out of nylon, not that cheap shit polyester. Uh, they've reimagined the way that you do the seams. They do it, uh, Jeff. Like and, a tin can. Jeff you enlightened us on that one. Uh, but yeah, we are now sponsored by Shin Gear Waiters. They're taking the waiter market by storm. You can look them up at shingear.com. These waiters are available for pre order right now. So you can go over there, you can pre-order them, and then they start shipping uh, in a couple weeks, so it won't be long.
1: Folks, let me tell you something. You young guys especially listen to me from an old-timer. If you're going to dunk your boys in the water, you don't want them cold. You don't want to do that, so get you some good waders because there's nothing worse than dunking your boys in icy water and having your bootleg full of it. Am I right, Andy?
0: That is actually correct. Jeff's only done it once, and that was good enough for him. No,
1: I done it in 1981, and I'll never forget. So I learned my lesson. So once, yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of times that year, but, yes, that was the last time I wore waiters all the time.
0: Shingear.com, and they can change the way that you do waiters, direct to consumer and uh, good customer service standing behind their products. So go check them out, shingear.com. We're also brought to you by Pacific Custom Calls at pacificcustomcalls.com. Hands down the best duck call that I've ever blown in the PCD.
1: Go see them boys out west in eastern Washington. Trevor and Alex and tell them we sent you. They're Stephon. Really... Go make sure you say hi to Stefan if you're out there.
0: <laughs> he's uh he's on a rock and roll tour right now. Everybody's wanting a little bit of a
1: little bit now? of Stefan. Huh? Stefan is Doc Holiday. Oh think. yeah,
0: Every, everybody fucking loves Stefan. Yep. But uh, they they do. They've got one of the best duck calls that I've ever blown. Uh they're constantly trying to master the products that they have. So go check them out, pacificcustomcalls.com. And I believe there's even a promo code active. BHP25 can save you 25% with them. Uh, we're also brought to you by Die Bomb Industries. Jeez, they've got more products. They've got a uh, new layout chair coming out. They've got new flag coming out. That's the one I'm looking forward to because I have had hell finding a, a goose flag that uh, can stand up to seven days of use. So, um, And also Die Bomb is coming out with a brand new pose, a new speckle belly pose, a V2 Uh, alternate pose and it's going to kind of show that uh those those lighter colored breast feathers and it'll add a nice contrast and a nice pop to your decoy spread this fall they're really a one-stop shop whenever it comes to uh silhouettes and floaters like i said be looking out for some of the other stuff they got coming out that's at divebombindustries.com we're also brought to you by boss shot shells bismuth is the way to go it's back end style ship straight to your door no middleman
1: Dad's final rusting pace. We dropped <laughs> we dropped Dad off with Brandon and uh, Zach and he's going to be loaded up in some shotgun shells and we'll be shooting them around here this next couple of years. I don't know if I'm going to shoot mine.
0: Well, depends on how much depends on how far Ron goes.
1: Dad's dream was to be shot in shotgun shells, so he's And now at, he's got it with the, the guys over at,
0: at Boss Shot Shells. They've got a simple approach, make a great shotgun shell that hits hard and has a clean kill. So go check them out at bossshotshells.com. Also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It's the only way that I start my morning every single morning, especially here when I'm running on little sleep at the Big Honker Lodge. We've got a new blend out, the Missouri Boat Ride. They've got a high velocity. They've got good-looking merchandise. So head over to DirtyDuckCoffee.com. Get what you're going to need for those little pick-me-ups. Be shot out of a cannon with a cup of the duck. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, best blind on the market, now they've got a big boy dog crate for big dogs like Lou. Five-star crash test rated. They've also got fan system that you can put on this crate and keep your dog cool in the summertime. Constantly innovating over there at Lucky Duck. Uh, like I said, they've already got the best blind that's on the market with the uh, Lucky Duck 2x4. You can fit four grown men. Tops come together real nice. And uh, spinners, can't beat them. Go check them out, at luckyduck.com. We're also brought to you by Gun Dog Outdoors. New bumpers are out. I'm getting my dog in shape right now. Go buy the
1: first aid kit. Everybody needs to have a first aid kit with them. Keep one in your truck. Keep one in your blind. When you need it, you need it. The times you don't need it, that's a great day. But when you do need it, you can sure make your day a little better by having one.
0: If you're a hunting guide, you should carry one in your in your
1: In your vehicle or in your blind bag. I agree with you. I mean,
0: you need to carry a couple. Like you said, one in your pickup. One in your blind bag for when you're out in the out in the spread, but the, you just don't know what's going to happen, and you need to be prepared for everything. This uh, safety kit got a lot of cool features, so go check them out at Gundog Outdoors. And if you've got a fat dog like I got a fat dog named Lou, they got uh, new bumpers out right now, and they're nice too. They're nice and soft. They got a nice weight to them. You can throw them a long way.
1: You working with Lou tonight again, or is it just a one-night deal?
0: <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. Gundogoutdoors.com. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers. Speaking of gun dogs, Matt Peel, he's on a circuit right now. He is just going to all the hunt tests. I think he's killing it at most of them. He's uh, hes putting out a lot of great dogs right now. He's, uh, he's a hell of a dog trainer. If you've got any questions about your hunting dog for this coming season, if you've hit a sticking point and you need a professional, I would highly recommend you check out Matt Peel at Goose Creek Retrievers. You can check him out online. Uh, Instagram is Goose Creek Retrievers, or uh, you can just find Matt Peel. Shoot man, him a message, and the man help works you.
1: hard and loves the animals. He does, and that's what you want in a dog trainer.
0: He is living the dream, baby, living the dream. <clears throat> so go check him out at Goose Creek Retrievers. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, Logan and Rebel. Y'all put enough pressure on them; they're recording episodes are up on Patreon right now, so uh, you can subscribe to their Patreon account. Uh, it's a small monthly fee, and you can get. The bourbon reviews are free to everybody, but you can, you'll can you be uh, allowed access to listen to all the shenanigans going on over there at uh, the Cheek Beater Studios. They put on a great podcast, so go check them out.
1: Club, East Texas Rebel and Fanboy Logan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. They ship whiskey straight to your door. It is a... Beautiful whiskey that I have enjoyed all summer long. I make my whiskey sours out of it.
1: Did you see who Brandon Bing was with this weekend? Who? John Daly. John Daly. John Daly was sitting at the bar with him, having him a bangtail. Was he really? Yeah. I don't (laughs) know if John had bangtail because I don't know if he's on the bottle or not. But (laughs) John looks like he's had lots of good days. So Brandon Bing is meeting some really cool people and getting to hang out with some people like that. So pretty cool.
0: Well, that's cool. I know. You look on. uh, You look online and bangtails kind (laughs) of taking off everywhere. So. Check them out if they're at your uh, local liquor store, Bangtail Whiskey. It's a very good whiskey, and I cannot recommend it enough. So go check them out, bangtailwhiskey.com.
1: This podcast finally brought to you by iSight Drones, which we have pipeline inspections, wind turbine inspections, well pad inspections, power line inspections, solar panel inspections. So if you have anything in the outdoor business, outdoor stuff, oil-related, construction, farming, they can take care of you. They support drain tile survey, do stand counts, ranch land inspections, severe weather inspections, livestock counts, and watershed mapping. Folks, it's 2021, and drones are part of our world. Eyesight Drones can do it all. Construction, farming, ranching, oil, every industry can use it. It's so much easier and quicker, and they can get stuff done. They can do 3D modeling, volumetrics, aerial site mapping, and job site monitoring, and that's iSight Drones, and that's iSightDrones.com. We're
0: also brought to you, last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you want dates with us, you better call in a hurry because the little bit of time that I had before we started rolling on this podcast, the phones have been ringing off the hook. So it is not going to be long, and we're going to be just about booked up. So we've got some dub dates available and uh, a couple weekdays for goose hunting. So look us up, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, or you can call us 940 658 317 All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by the man behind dive bomb industries, the mad scientist himself, Mr. Cody Stokes. Really good conversation. Uh, We talk about the major expansions, dive bombs going through the new products that they're releasing for the 2021 waterfowl season, which is right around the corner. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. We always wish them the best and they're killing it right now. So, Go check them out, Dive Bomb Industries. A lot of new cool stuff coming out in the near future, so check them out. Here we go, Cody Stokes.
1: Two, one, boom! And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, live from Studio A. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world famous Andy Shaver. How you doing today, Andy? Well, I just got done telling our guests it's not live, and then you say it's live. So, well, you got to make up your mind here. Jeff. We, we are live right well, now well sure we're doing it in person yes we are so quit being a smart ass you're just quite confusing jess yes. with us today from the hottest place in earth <laughs> st louis missouri <laughs> maryland heights well maryland heights which is the hottest place i've ever been to in my life mr cody stokes owner of dive bomb industries how you doing cody
2: great guys how are you
1: good good we're excited so has, has everything kind of calmed down
0: since uh since squad fest are we back with our feet on the ground and back to running full steam
2: we're back with our feet on the ground. They finally picked the tents up, the porta potties, the whole works, and uh, I think we still have about 20 cases of, uh, of water left over. So um, yeah, we're all drinking nice bottled water in the refrigerator because, uh, as, we, as you just mentioned, St. Louis was the hottest place on earth, with <laughs> like 10 degrees with like 75, 80 percent humidity. But yeah, we're all we've all we're all rested. We're all settled in for uh, this busy season coming up. That's already starting to pick up. So.
0: I gotta tell you, I, my hat is off to you because we have been to so many hunting shows where um, they nickel and dime you for everything. You were giving away free cases of water, um, pizza. Your mom was coming around with pizza for people. I mean, it was that. My hat's off to you for that because you know you guys could have made a lot of money on bottled water or anything like that. But you you took care of the people that were there.
2: Well, great. That's good. I know the I know the beer vendor was happy. I think next year I need to take a cut. <laughs> <laughs> He was all smiles, big stack of money, and and invited invited us all out for a free dinner and beer, and uh, yeah, so he must have made up made out like a bandit on that one. So
1: we have uh, <clears throat> well, in, in in my lifetime in the hunting business, I don't know how many hunting shows I've been to, but it's in the hundreds, and I have never been to an event. And, I, and y'all's really wasn't a hunting show. I've never been to an uh, event like y'all's that was as ran as smooth. And where you actually cared about the vendors that were there, because that's something you don't see very often. Usually, a vendor's an afterthought. They put on a hunting show, the vendor's there, he's paying you a thousand dollars a booth or whatever it is, and then you really don't give two shits about him. You're worried about the gate coming in the door. Y'all's was top notch. And when I tell you about being hot, <clears throat> I have lived in West Texas. I have been to a lot of places in the summertime. I've never been anywhere as warm as St. Louis in june yep
2: well that and we had a uh, you were, you were i think centered in a, on a piece of asphalt which probably didn't help and the and the humidity here is just terrible but yeah back to the, the the main focus of the show the goal is to get all of our main supporters and uh little customers and friends together just for a big more or less party uh and, and another big draw was uh, big payouts at the calling contest so we, we got some big names out there which drew a crowd and i think uh, i think it really helped the sport of, of competitive calling i think a lot of people there were captivated by the opens uh, and the junior stuff's obviously great for the youth but uh but yeah just have but have you guys come up from texas and, and a whole bunch of other friends and just get together and relax and it wasn't about making money it was more about just uh coming together and i think it showed so uh some of the the, the major contributors here kyle and forrest uh they did a great job and then ashley uh, who my sister you probably met she she handled a lot of the fine details, the bussing and uh, signage, and that was most mostly Cam too. But yeah, all came together. Worked really hard on it, and I think it showed. So thanks for noticing.
1: Guys. It was it was a top notch deal. Now when like at every day at the office that you're at right now, do you is Cade or any of them guys around now, or is it just you and the ladies around there basically now?
2: Uh, well, no, we have uh, I think 18, 18 full time employees at this facility. So. Uh, and none of which are Cade, Asher, Forrest, and Kyle. They're all, they're all remote. So Asher has, uh, I guess, his unit, which would be him and Cade, out of out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And then Forrest is in Longmont, north of Denver, with their airplane, and his family. And then Kyle moved. He was with uh, Higdon prior to us, and he was down in Kentucky. And he moved back to, I think, Washington, or I think he's in Washington, Washington State, and he's out on the west coast, which is actually perfect. Because that's uh, really our, where our expansion efforts are heading out on the West Coast. So uh, We're a Midwest-based company, so uh, West Coast reaches far, but not so far with Kyle there. So it actually
0: works out perfect.
1: Well, uh, you would be a good guy to work for. You don't seem to be a hard-ass at all. You seem to be easy going. People do their jobs, and you just let them do their jobs.
0: As long as they do you
2: their job. job, and you do it well, then that, I shouldn't have to be that right. migrant. No, I, I came from... I, my, my previous boss was the micromanager, and it was just, it was hellacious. No one wants to come to work. You have terrible anxiety all the time, and it's just not worth it. And one of the main reasons of starting this company was to get away from those big pressures, get away from the corporate people or having, you know, five larger customers where you, know, you have to do everything they say and they don't appreciate anything you do, where we have now thousands of customers, and if one doesn't appreciate us or wants to, you know, treat us poorly, we just move on to someone that treats us well the same goes for our employees. So that's yeah, a, it's a, you know, when you look at the workplace these days or, or nowadays, I should say in this, in this decade, it's the two things that come first. And first is most important here. And it's, it's, um, culture, culture is absolutely the most important thing. No one's going to want to come work with you with any talent if it's not a great place to work. Uh, and then secondly, obviously is compensation. So culture and compensation. I mean, it's, it's simple and, and, and they're great if, if you can afford it and, and make it work, it's a total winner.
0: You know, that that's that. what you said there about micromanaging. I've been blessed. I've only had maybe one – I haven't worked a ton of places, but I've had one bad boss. I was working at a T-shirt place in college, and the, the manager was telling us how to sell T-shirts. And I'm like, motherfucker, it ain't that hard. Like, they're coming in, you know, we're, we're way off. We're not on any major strip. Like, if they're coming in here, they're most likely going to buy a fucking T-shirt. So, like, just get off of our back and just – let us have fun. But yep. he would I'd be talking to customers and like you could see him around the corner and I'm like, Oh my and then you like you said your anxiety rises, you yep. know, you get you're like, Oh shit, like what you know, what am I doing wrong? And then like sure enough, you get called back there and it's like, you know, you really need to do this or you need to do that. Well then I'm thinking about what I need to do instead of just talking to the people about the fucking T shirt. And like yep. you've got the license on the T shirt for Texas Tech. Like you're we're the only game in town, so just get off my back, guy.
2: I hear ya. But the thing is, you know, I try to be friends with I try to be friends with all the employees here. But there's this there's this balance where if you come to in the friend zone, right. then their performance may drop or their standards may lower and whatever else. So every once in a while, I kind of have to remind myself and then remind an employee. You know, if something that they've done is subpar, I have to call them out and say, you know, it's difficult and they may may be offended. But at the end of the day, a, a day or two or three later everything circles back. We don't mention it again and we carry on with life. And I think everyone kind of, you know, respects that, uh, respects being called out and asked to continually improve, which is kind of the buzzword of, of the manufacturing industry or distribution industry. So
0: anyway, yeah, that's something Jeff does a really good job with that out here because we are a family business. It's, it's him, myself, Jeff's brother works out here and we want our guides to feel like family. But at the same time, this is also a business. And it's got to get ran like a business. So Jeff does a really good job of making sure, you know, he treats them fairly. But, like, if, if somebody's got to get called out, it's just got to happen.
1: You know, I was talking to my um, in-laws, Andy's mother-in-law, yesterday. And we were talking about the shortage of workers everywhere. There's 50,000 truck driver shortage in a country. And it's, it's, it's getting to be a pain in the ass to go anywhere. I mean, to go to a restaurant. To, I, I'm having hell with my pool vacuum. And it's because you can't get nothing here and you can't get service. It's just a – many ways we were talking about it. And I said, you know, what's funny. I said, I haven't had any problem at all hiring employees. Everybody that wants to – there's a ton of people that want to work as a guide or work for an outfitter. It's just crazy. Same mm-hmm. with you in the decoy business. Everybody wants to be part of what you're doing because it's something different. It's something they're passionate about. So we are really blessed to have the, the companies we have to be able to hire people. Because yeah. and and it may be hard for you to get people to work in the warehouse. I don't know, but you ain't having. Is, is it?
2: It's not. It has not. It's not been hard. I used to play uh, run this really really tight budgeting on on hourly and, and warehouse type guys. And you know, at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. I, I bumped our our base hourly rate up, you know, twenty percent. And I walk out to the warehouse floor today, and it's just night and day. Everyone's happy. Everyone's working hard. I mean. It's, uh, people are on time. No one's fighting. The police aren't showing up. The people would, I'm not kidding. I mean, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the lower, lower wage stuff would come from the inner city here and, you know, and people would, the police would be here serving people. It was just, it was, it was wild. We had some fight. It was, uh, I'm just, I'm over it. Uh, we could afford at this point to hire, um, some, some better workers and it's, it's paid off. It's, you know, it's been great, but. Ma- <laughs> but the funny thing is about the warehouse it's we i have guys uh reach out to me reach out to me through instagram or call or friends of friends i'm dying to be in the industry i'm dying to be in the industry how do i get to hunt you know 90 days a year i'm like well it's not it's not working you know in the in the office here and your really only hope is is getting on board with asher kate Forrest, and kyle uh, otherwise working here is a grind i mean Tommy, the engineer's he's a hardcore waterfowl hunter, and he's here, you know, four five, he's here at least five, and he's working from home. And basically, he's building up his potential off-season. He's creating products that right now that he can go use in the field and justify his time in the field. Um, that's about probably the biggest overlap we have in the office. Uh, so, yeah, it takes a, it an a, a, a on-off waterfowl to really make it in the warehouse because our peak season is in
1: waterfowl season so that's your your story about the warehouse is great because my attorney used to own a warehouse in in dallas and then my good friend steve barber used to manage a warehouse in dallas for a big company and both of them that said the same shit steve told me he used to have to loan guys money every week from the weekend because they get in trouble, he'd have ex-wives come up there. One of them threatened to shoot a guy at the office. They had the cops serving papers there all the time. And so, when you were talking about the warehouse stuff, it was the same stories. I guess that goes with having warehouses.
2: Yeah, it it does. It does. So, yeah, I don't know what to say. I guess it's part of it. That was a good like ten years of my life, and it's like a like the sun finally came out. It's just uh, I don't I don't want to go back to that. So.
1: And all it took was more money. He he said it was a battle every day, but he did. He had an ex-wife come there and bring a gun and was going to kill her husband at work. He said it, but he said it was an ongoing deal. And he told me, I said, well, whatever happened to the boy? He said, oh, finally someone killed him. (laughs) I mean, but he said it was a battle forever. But the guy hung out with bad people. So tell us, Cody, what what the chairs? What what's the name of them? Kickback. The kickback. The
2: kickback. The kickback. Are they sold out already? They, uh, let's check. I, I wouldn't doubt that sold. they sold. Yeah, they're sold out. I just got the nod from over. <laughs> from but yeah, they're sold out. I think they sold out in less than twenty four hours. I'm not going to detail how many we sold, but it was quite a few. It was an, an impressive volume of them. But uh, kickback chair is a uh, very practical take on uh, lounging or, or layout chair in the field. So it's a lounge chair we basically converted um, to. Put up with the elements. So, closed cell foam, waterproof material on the outside, and then a rubberized bottom uh, that folds flat uh, and then expands open. Uh, and then there's six, six uh, basically incremental adjustments for for elevation on your back. There's uh, deployable or non-deployable armrests if you're a big fella or not, or if you want to use them. Uh, there's pockets. There's cup holders. There's drink holder. There's uh, shell holders, zippered. Um, And then there's a pocket in the back that holds uh, our, what is it? We pair now this kickstand with Mm -hmm. uh, the kickback. So this is your basically gun rest that fits snugly in the back of the chair. But uh, yeah, big success of all the posts we do on uh, Instagram. I think this one probably had the most traction of all, um, or I think 100,000 views and i don't know how many dms but tens of thousands of dms from people to people and 400 comments it's just wild so
0: that's and they're all going to come with that uh, that gun rest like that
2: uh it's going to be optional we may or may not we it's going to be basically buy it buy it on your own accord we may or may not be throwing these into all of the pre-sale uh customers as a little gift but
1: we'll see so are you going to have any more before season or guys like us we just sol on this deal
0: you didn't. You didn't order. We didn't get in on the deal. We we want to make sure that the customers, you know. Oh yeah. We to sure. Make sure they get their thing
1: first. We don't want to bog you guys down. We don't. We're you not have... going to be hunting till November.
2: Well, there may be. There, I doubt there may be more here by then. But we may be known to keep a stash in the back. for
0: <laughs> special. Uh, I gotcha. How long have y'all been uh, tinkering with with this chair?
2: So we had a totally different design of chair. It's more in line with everyone in the industry, and we just kept looking at it. No one was overwhelmed. No one was overwhelmed. And then Tommy came, came in one day and pieced this thing together. His wife is is uh, great with sewing, and we've got our ways to attach fabric here. We use a hot glue gun or rivets or whatever else. they came in with this Frankenstein chair and uh, threw it out on the ground one morning, Monday morning. And I said, "This is awesome." <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, took to that and uh, proved it two or three times. But of all the things we've developed, this was a, probably one of the probably one of the fastest. Uh, several months, and then you've got, you've got to work on sourcing and then sampling with sourcing, and lead times and all that stuff. But uh, probably a six to eight month process. But there are other products here that take a lot take a lot longer. I mean, uh, the floater the floater whole project on getting the, that first run of mallard floaters was just it was years. I mean, uh, sourcing finding finding a place to have them made, getting their interest. Building a relationship, finding a carver, um, having the carver create drawings, the carving process, the painting process, and then the actual tooling process. I mean, we're looking at years. So, in the grand scheme of things, this one was pretty rapid. Rapid. So,
0: is, is is there any product that comes to mind whenever, like you were just listing the hurdles you had to jump through to get a floater on the market? Are there any products that you've that you've obviously got now? Where in the middle of this, you're like, I don't know how the fuck we're gonna make the, all this come together and release a product.
2: Yeah, so well, there's there's a laundry list of product. There may be a list of fifty to sixty, or maybe even a hundred products. It's all in one big spreadsheet, and we'll be hot on one, and we'll kind of get to a point where, you know, it's not where we want it to be, and and the well's kind of dried up, like it's kind of we have rider block, and the product basically goes in like a whole think tank, and then. We'll be out on, out in the field or somewhere will be somewhere where they where they get this uh, creative influence uh, or something will have an aha moment. And that that project will go to the bottom, right to the top, and we'll have solved it right then and there. So uh, ongoing, uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, continuous improvement is, is the mainstay. So when we release a product, we we have basically revision zero, which would be the ground floor, the first time we release it. Once a product goes out to field, the, breaks or has weak points or needs design improvements that'd be revision one and then two and three and four and five so like uh goose silhouettes we're on v2 that'd be the second version and uh, i think they're pretty well perfected not to say we won't have a v3 in the near future or next year or whatever with, with some design improvements but yeah it's an ongoing process from design basically from conception all the way through first production run and then carries on through production run one two three four five ten infinity so
0: see and I don't I hunt with I hunt with your silhouettes every day and I don't know obviously I'm not in your position but I don't know how you would improve it I mean it's already it's pretty well foolproof
2: yeah uh, we, we're, we're, we've become very diverse adding the v2a which is the alternative right uh, v2 sleeper. so we have three mainstay lines on our positions and then we also offer that in flock and then now for this fall we'll have fully flocked out so basically any skeptics with uh any sort of glare so to speak that uh, obviously you guys have
0: used them enough to know
2: that i don't think that's a factor but we'll have fully flocked silhouettes coming um uh, this fall so b2ff is what they're going to be dubbed.
0: i saw those. those those look pretty nice um so you got your pintail floaters back there and they look gorgeous
2: I think they're pretty sweet.
0: I think they are too. How long, have we been, uh, how long have we been holding on to those to get those perfected to where you wanted them?
2: Uh, this is carvings, carvings out of the gate. I'd say that's, a, that's probably an eight-month process to get to that point. Uh, and they're about to go into production. So those are going to be packed up and headed out to Cade here today to go get photoed and probably get listed on the website. And hopefully we'll have them here September, October, which is, you know, not ideal but uh got to get them out at some point so so we have pintails here we have a, a drake and a hen they'll be sold in six packs four drakes four drakes two hens and then we also have uh blue Wing teal which are on on the floor outside the office uh drake and a hen on those also so
0: so were you have, were you hoping to have those pintails out before september
2: uh that that would be ideal uh it's, it's tight shipping schedule right now is absolutely just insane um I mean, it's so packed. I think the COVID, COVID demand, or COVID's finally caught up with everyone, and uh, there's there's the shipping prices are through the roof, and availability is just the main issue. We're waiting, we're waiting sometimes a month to get availability on shipping. So,
1: I wish I owned a trucking company right now. Gosh, my. Yeah. that's crazy. I wish I
2: wish I'd have bought a house six months ago and and uh, I owned a trucking company because prices just through the roof. So.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's nuts right now. Now, I was, I was, we were, I don't know how. I didn't get to see the, the flag demonstration at the show. So show me this. Yes, there it is. Gorgeous. This
2: is what we dubbed the super flag. I'll show you right there. Yeah. Flag. Shaft is carbon fiber, hollow carbon fiber, and we actually have a rod that runs through the shaft that meets up at the head, and it allows for... Uh, Quick to point them. there it is then obviously collapses so pop out of the a-frame flag shrink and you're gone uh or you know in a layout blind or layout chair pull flag hit it on the the floor or the ground and it's collapsed again so that's pretty cool the other thing is uh The main complaints on flag has been basically this fiberglass rod cracking or breaking. So we've put in a rod that uh, has design elements that keep it from cracking or breaking. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this thing's wrapped over on itself. Spring's right back to action.
1: (laughs) I used (laughs)
2: used to break a lot of flags. I'm telling Uh, you, everywhere I last year, make a flag. Please make a flag that lasts Mm -hmm. longer than a hunt or five hunts or whatever it may be. So hopefully this is this is our answer to that
1: problem. So. You should have been using the flag in 1995. Oh
2: yeah, what was the flag like in 95?
1: Well, Wooden dowel rod and- I wouldn't I went through a bunch of flags. Uh Rest in peace Randy Bartz. We just lost a good guy who came up with the flag of an old friend of mine. But and Randy used to give them to me by the the handfuls, but they would they they would fall apart a lot of times. And I
2: saw the- Saw that post on him passing away. That's a, That's a sad deal. I yeah, saw
1: that. He was a really good guy. But, anyways, that flag right there. I'm I'm looking at that, and that's like looking at a Model T compared to a freaking Corvette.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's
1: that's what I'm looking at. I'm thinking, wow, you know, if you'd have told me in 1995 there can do a lot of improvements on this flag, I would just make them more durable. And then I look at that thing you're pulling out, and it's like Luke Skywalker pulling a freaking, whatever the hell like, they call the light sword or whatever that thing's called. That that is an amazing deal, and that's carbon fiber
2: carbon if you get on youtube and look watch this podcast hopefully you can see it it's real deal woven woven carbon fiber and it honestly I, I think it has a race car feel. race car feel maybe i'm just sick but we used the f1 font for the super flag because it kind of i thought the carbon fiber gave it the race car mm-hmm. feel so i thought that was kind of
1: cool. what, what does that run cody uh
2: would be under 60 bucks around 60.
1: Sixty bucks for something that'll change your hunt. People that have never used flags, and I can't imagine there's anybody that's in the goose hunt that doesn't use a flag ever. They don't realize how versatile and how much of a tool you have to have a flag. And for sixty bucks, you're going to spend five thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars on a goose spread. That'd be the best sixty dollars you spend because that's the that right there to me is as important as calling is. Now I know Trevor Shanahan's going to correct me on this shit because he does everything. But that right, that right there is as important as calling is. I think.
0: Well, yeah, and, and like I look back at like, you know, a, a, a another flag is maybe twenty bucks, but you're gonna go through four or five of them in a season. So spend the, spend the spend the extra money here, and then you don't have to worry about it, and you don't have to worry about being, you know, you don't have to buy two or three on hand because you know one's gonna break. So you end up buying more than you need.
2: I mean, the wow factor—just getting it out, pulling it out of the box alone, and taking a look at this thing, and then using it just on your couch you're just going to be thrilled to death with it and then get it out in the field and show all your buddies in the blind <laughs> uh, i'm sure there's going to be a shortage of them so does that anyway.
1: does that come into canada also or just the snows
2: oh yeah canada also yeah this okay. is just the white the so two versions uh it'll be printed on both sides although this one's just printed on one side print on both sides for snows so black wing tips on the snow and then uh the uh the white line basically on the base of the tail of the honker or the, or the darkness
0: you guys are going to put that poor electrical tape y'all are going to put that company out of business because that's what i most of my flags have um have either super glue or electrical tape on them so i think i think you guys have put those guys out of business now with this flag that'll last all year long
2: i hope so i hope we I hope make the customer happy right that's the goal
0: so, how much hunting do you get to do? I know you've got this this farm that you work on, and you're, I know you're trying to farm ducks. How much do you actually get to go out there and enjoy it?
2: So, college. I'll give you the backstory. High school, high school, and elementary school. Uh, used to go to a local club here uh, with a, a guy my mom was with. Oddly enough, it was uh, my parents divorced when I was young, and she dated a guy who had a little club, and he'd call me. He'd, he'd call up to my school on a weather day and pull me out and take me hunting it was awesome I grabbed the beer from underneath the chair I you know they let me shoot first at almost everything so that was kind of like my first go at it um, and then college I shot a lot of skeet and a lot of the guys that I shot skeet with all hunted the, the public places here Eagle Bluffs Grand Pass Central Missouri and Northwest Missouri and then after that bought a trailer after college and made the trek up to Saskatchewan and we'd do that I did that every every year for the last 10 12 years with all my buddies but uh, nowadays, my dad has a, a local spot that's about 25 minutes from the door. It's not under a major flyway, but it'll build up birds. Uh, go in there with an Invisi-Man or, or just kneel in the marsh and shoot your four. I don't take anyone. I go by myself, just being my dog. It's just kind of a little relaxing thing to do. Uh, and then I had a place that I actually bought off the guys at Habitat Flats that was in Sumner. And they dubbed it a C-hole, like a C-status-hole, A-B-C-hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great for me. I, I owned it for about three years. I just sold it to a friend of mine, and um, it was three and a half hours away. So if I want to make a trek, seven hours round trip. I think I went, you know, 10 times last year, 10 weekends, uh, which is quite a bit, 70 hours of driving to go there. Last season was horrible. Um, we had no weather. We had weather, I think, the, the last week in October, which is a week before season, and not one front through that. So it was tough especially driving 70 hours for just a handful of birds, believe it or not. But I bought a new place uh, in a town called Ellsbury, which is north of St. Louis by about 50 minutes. And uh, it's got a uh, nice wetland pool there. It's in a conservation easement, so it's moist soil unit. And then uh, four t- four pools total. The three other have corn, and it's on uh, a creek, which is pretty cool. And no competition to the north or south, which is awesome. Is the big problem with hunting around St. St. Louis area and specifically St. Charles Bottoms is it's shoulder to shoulder clubs, shoulder to shoulder pressure, and if you're not on a weather day, I mean the ducks simply just don't fly. I mean it's, they're not totally nocturnal, so I like to hunt. I like to hunt a couple times a week locally, and then try to stay here, try to try to stay here through most of that season to hunt here and tend to the business and entertain people that I work with and people that support us. Accountants, lawyers, insurance agents, local friends, local friends that pitch in and help take them out, hunt with them. And then outside of that, uh, later in the year, January, February, March, go to places like Texas, Oklahoma, Uh, although I haven't visited you, I've been to Texas several times, went to Ranger Creek, Uh, been several outdoors in Oklahoma, uh, maybe back up to Canada, and then hopefully one big trip a year, be it New uh, New Zealand or uh, this year. Last year, the year before last, was New Zealand, and that was just unbelievable. I would go back at drop of a hat. Um, for first week of November this year, I'm going to Scotland, which should be cool. So oh wow! Aberdeen Wings of Scotland, go sit on a uh, you know 700 year old fence and shoot geese and see castles and probably have a brewski or two ski and hang out.
1: Man, I am jealous of you. I would love to go to Scotland. I've been watching Downton Abbey with my wife on Netflix. And I loved I would that beautiful area up there i'm mm.
0: and yeah. and good hunting
2: and good hunting. i don't i don't know. i think the, the limits are non existent or or you know extremely liberal there but, i mean I don't think there's any limit to those to those,
1: these those geese
2: you can shoot so
1: the hunting part is not even as in i'm not as consumed with the hunting as a lot of people are, just to see the history in those old castles to me would be well worth it. The hunting would be just a cherry on top for me. I agree. I've
2: not been to Scotland. I have been to uh, Ireland, and it was that uh, was just on a guy's trip. That was a, that was an absolute blast. I mean,
0: what was that like? Ireland? Yeah,
2: it was awesome. It was. Uh, we did Dublin for two or three nights, and I mean, the whole town was pretty much fun and drunk. We saw a couple <laughs> fights. I mean, if you if you didn't punch a guy in Ireland, you, you wouldn't fucking be in Ireland. What our <laughs> family told us great we uh we copped the bus out to the hill the the cliffs of mohair which is i think on the west side of, of the island and it's just dropped steep cliffs with wind hitting coming up and uh and there's no safety i mean it's just a flat out cliff with tons and tons of tourists there walking along i mean i think a couple of them get swept off a year and they're gone and never be seen again
0: Oh shit! it
2: was really cool i mean they're really into their history over there and good for them uh, they're trying to bring bring back Gaelic, which is their, like, native tongue. So the signs on the streets have English and then Gaelic. Um, and then the interesting thing is uh, they didn't have the, – their shores and, and farm ground or ag-, ag ground was original and just was rocks. And I'm not a historian, but uh, they, they detailed to me that all of basically the agricultural fields out there were developed by bringing seaweed up from the sea – and depositing it on the rocks and ultimately it composting and turning to soil.
1: That's really that's interesting. Geez.
2: Which I thought was pretty pretty cool. So, yeah, that's badass. Yeah.
0: But, you know, my wife and I, we're always kind of thinking about in the future where we wanted to go. And, I mean, was, did you just, was it just like a big drinking fest or was there sights to see? I mean, what, what was the trip like? It was a
2: group of about 10 guys, so it was big. pretty much 90% a drink fest, to be honest okay. with you.
1: Are the what chicks get, are the chicks hot over there? I don't know. Can, <laughs> like,
2: like, oh the black Irish are the hottest. I'm like, are there's no African American Irish people? Are they like, no, you did it the hair. So it's like <laughs> Yeah. So oh. not, Yeah, they were fine. I mean nothing to write nothing to write home about.
1: Uh, if I've learned yeah. anything from this podcast, if, if, and I want to share with everybody is the first thing you should remember, if you're going to date a lady with a kid, you need to be like Cody's that take him hunting and let him get a beer from underneath the bench. That's the yeah. first thing I've learned from you. And the second thing is you need to all want to be like Cody and go over and travel and drink and party and see the rest of the world.
2: Yeah, well, I'll let you make that decision. But
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: I'm thinking pasty, you know, redheads over there. I'm not thinking this. Uh, <laughs> Black I'm not Irish. Think, yeah. <laughs>
2: I didn't know where you were going with pasties. I was like, "Where's it going?"
0: So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <in town>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't see a whole lot of sun over there. I don't.
1: I don't imagine, but
0: you know, maybe I. Maybe we'll go over to Ireland one day. Um,
1: they can drink you under the table over there, though, can't they? They can drink. Yep. As
2: there was a video, Conor McGregor has a whiskey, uh, an Irish whiskey, and there's a video of him giving, offering an old Irish man a, a, a drink of it, and the man refused, and Conor swung at the guy, mm-hmm. an old guy, and uh, and the I didn't even care. Heck yeah, shoulders <laughs> and kept drinking his beer, drinking his whiskey. No one even cared. It's ridiculous. But
0: where where did, did y'all stay in like a hostel over there, or were there hotels and stuff?
2: Oh, in hotel, hotel do. double.
0: Yeah. So when you're going, uh, would you say first weekend in November to Scotland? First,
2: first weekend in November for a week in Scotland. So there's going to be four of us total. Asher and Kate are going, and then we've got a, another guy that works for us does videographer videography very very talented like detail oriented videos uh so right now on on youtube we've got we've got real facts with Forrest. we've got a new calling series coming out there's with Forrest and kyle and both those guys are you know upper echelon callers definitely check that out and then we'd like to do something along the lines of you know of four to five feature films with you know more cinema higher cinematography i don't even know if that makes sense but more, more quality-oriented, that's more storytelling. I know that may or may not be in, but I think it's cool. I think it'd be awesome to, to focus in on more of the details of Scotland and the sites and the culture and things like that for people who care. So anyway, we're, we're going to do a vlog-style video in Scotland, and we'll also probably have a feature length a feature film that on Scotland and the lifestyle and the culture and, and the hunting, so it should be cool.
1: I think you'll be shocked how, how how popular that is. Uh, people people people, i think that would be a big hit it's just like the documentaries they have on netflix and everything else i enjoy that stuff and they wouldn't be on there all the time if there's not a lot of people that watch them
0: i I think you would i think you would appeal to a different market than like the vlog style people i think you'd get more guys you know jeff's age group that kind of care about that sort of thing and then if you put in some cool cool hunting stuff it's kind of a cherry on top but i think you'll widen your base
2: i mentioned this before the podcast and Jeff, that's what I was talking about. When we need the Morgan Freeman-style voiceover,
1: (laughs) well, it'll cost you zero for me to do it. There you go, and the price is right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that would be very, uh, be very honored to get to do something like that, and I think it would be very interesting. That would be cool. Very
2: cool. Narrate some of the 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 scenic shots with history with uh, none other than Jeff Stanfield's voice. That'd be fun.
1: There you go.
0: Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would be where you are today? No. Never. You
2: no, know, I would say definitely an aspiration, but I know this is not the most encouraging statement. I mean, the likelihood of something like this going and growing to where it is is very small, and I've got to respect it. You know, it's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of hard work by everyone that's involved in this organization, but it's a lot of timing and a lot of luck, and, and I'm grateful Never did I think it would be as big as it is and be a growing continually continuing to grow as fast as it is. So uh no I'm 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 surprised to be honest with you. And it's an honor. I'm just lucky.
0: Well, I would I mean, you're a hard worker and I mean you guys your timing seems to be impeccable on everything that you do. And maybe that is luck or good fortune, but I mean, everything you do, it seems like it's a logical next step, just like your floater line and everything else. Like it made sense seeing you guys try to, you know, expand into that realm. And now you're into clothing and the kickback stands. And I know um, a blind is coming out in the future. You you can yep, talk about game. that or not, but it makes sense when you guys take another step.
2: Yeah. When I say timing, I, I basically mean uh, focusing on the foundation of, uh, I mean, we were, I mean, I started selling these, You'll see on, we have a new website coming out. You'll see on it the original website that I built on Dreamweaver software, which is an Adobe software that may or may not even be around. And it was HTML and CSS. And all the code was basically copied from uh, like like public sources and pasted in there. And then pictures added. And it was just a crazy complex thing to have uh, basically a direct-to-consumer buy online platform in 2010 or 11, back when, you know, web e-commerce was not like the mainstay. It was still brick and mortar, so we got involved in. We were direct consumer only brand before it was even really a realized thing, so our timing there was impeccable. And then our timing with social media and basically the come up on Instagram, Facebook was established. But Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff, we took to it basically on the forefront, and, and uh and it's continuing to grow there. So the alignment of all that stuff, uh, and especially the e-commerce, is I think where our real timing has has been great and
0: but, you've got good people to work for you you got guys you know like just putting on this calling contest you know yeah forrest and kyle
2: kyle and asher's been incredible Cade and then the guys in the office we got a bunch of guys in the background here that get absolutely no line light that are you know the major foundation of this place brian andy debbie uh tommy cam in this office ashley sam and customer service uh yeah it's just a we're honestly kind of turning into a family Trying to do more things like, as cheesy as it is, is recognize everyone's birthday and have a pizza party. I mean, come on. We surprised the guy that turned 22, although he looks like he's turning 30, uh, <laughs> with, a pizza, with a pizza party and his jaw was dropped. Now, every time he walks by me where he was quiet before, how, how you doing, Cody? Hope you're having a great day. I it's just, you know, he was intimidated, I think, before, and now it's kind of open the lines. I, I hope, I think the respect is still there, but it's just kind of, you know. This is a fine place to work or fun place to work. So,
1: when you're appreciated by your boss, it sure makes things a lot better. And that low you're man, right. the, the the lowest guy on the totem pole is important. They may not they they may not always realize how important they are. They don't make as much money as some of the other people do, but you can't run a business without the little guys.
0: That's right. That's, that's right. I, I mean, I know you don't want to do a lot of shit that they do. Jeff doesn't want to do what the bird boy does out here. So like. No. <laughs> You got to take you got to take care of these people, or otherwise you're going to find yourself in a shitty situation having to do it yourself. Um, right. So the can you talk about the A-frame that you guys are going to come out with at all?
2: So we're, we're going to dub it uh, either I think the vertical blind or vert blind, and I think the the Facebook uh, Facebook community wanted to call it the, the what is it, the bomb shelter. Oh, nice. Is, that's cool. Well, kind of maybe yeah, a, little, a little cheesy, maybe. Maybe that's kind of. What the branding guys in the back? he's laughing. I'm looking at Cam back there, laughing, and he's like, "No way, we're gonna name it the bunk, the bunker blaster, or whatever it is." But uh, it's an A-frame style of blind um, that's just improved all all around. It's got uh, a bunch of different amenities, so to speak. It's got um, I know it's got access for dog. It's got uh, left and right options for that. Um, all of the connections inside the tubes. All of the Fittings in plastic. Some of them have been converted into aluminum, which makes them super tough. A lot of the welds done away with and converted to castings with ribs. Um, it just features and features and features and features, and then a price that's going to be you know thirty percent lower than I think anyone on the block. So uh, I think it's going to be a home run.
0: When uh, when are we thinking about this being out next year?
2: No, this year. That'll oh, this out. year. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope it by the end of October November first. We should have
0: them out. Oh wow! When are we gonna see this uh, product to well, be named later?
2: Maybe in maybe within a week.
0: Ooh, things are getting yeah. hunting season's right around the corner. I mean, it's just crazy. Feels like just yesterday hunting season was ending, and we were making summer plans, and now it's it's all it's all here.
1: we gonna up, up. go ahead. We're gonna have a squad fest too.
2: Oh yeah, squad fest too for sure. Um, we're gonna have to rethink it this uh, this venue or, or our facility I'm not sure I'm not sure if it'll house a squad fest too I'm not sure hopefully the turnout will be twice as, twice as large and uh, we'll have to may have it we may buy then if we're lucky have a new facility. So speculating moving uh, bigger footprint here. so right now we're in uh, basically the second extension of the warehouse We've, our warehouse is maxed. We have two other warehouses off-site. We're keeping one with bags and one with B2s and B2Fs. So hopefully we're going to consolidate all of that into one big building. and That may be completed by next summer, and if it is, we'll have Squadfest 2 there. Hopefully it's two, two-and-a-half times the size. We'll have three times the food trucks and multiple beer vendors and more, more calling vendors and so on. So, yeah, I would keep my eyes peeled and hopefully – we can get a date nailed down so everyone can plan in advance to come to squad fest too.
0: Are you nervous when you guys try to expand? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. And if I were taking a big leap forward, I would only be thinking about the negative. Are you, do you block that stuff out? Like, do you just know that it's right?
2: You know, you've got, I have basically like I have, all I really have is historical, historical data. So I've got sales on V2s, all the products that we've had for seven, eight years, or even just, a year or two, and that gives me some insight into future demand. So I can basically come up with a slope or base slope or predict based on an average of usage over the past year. So my my confidence in purchasing, you know, mainstay products we've had in place for a while is very high at this point. Uh, for newer products, there's always there's always the uncertainties. There's uh, you know, it, is it going to be to all the customers' likings? It's hard to it's hard to appease everyone. Uh, I mean, are we going to sell did we under-order? Did we over-order? Are we going to sit on product for three years? Um, so some nervousness comes in that. But I'd say the main – I would say the most nerve-wracking piece is is this, biz- this business is seasonal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Think of it as a tide. I mean, we've got basically one major shift through this whole year cycle, and it's the tide coming in and the tide going out. So we've got all this inventory being built up in September and through the summer uh, that's basically going to fuel the demand – from basically we start really picking up in August. We kind of taper off at the end of February. So we've got to stock up, load up. We have no space. We have no cash. Basically, line of credit with the bank to be able to afford all this inventory. And then the inventory switches back to cash. The warehouse is empty and the bank account is full. And then the the bitch of it all, I'm just going to be totally blunt here, are taxes. Oh, yeah. What are we doing here? I mean... I'm doing my best to, to fund uh, everything I have is in this business, I'll be totally honest with you, uh, every ounce of it. And then when the government comes and takes 35, 37, 33, whatever percent it is of the money you're trying to reinvest in the business in the people and everything else, it just shatters the ability to, to be able to grow. So I'm afraid at some point I won't be able to fund this business and we'll ha- either have to have outside funding or I'll have to sell equity of a portion of it or do something along those lines, which is just, I'm afraid it. it if we're trying to stay on this course and I have other influences in here that are focused solely on profit, like a, outside of equity or private equity company would be the culture will, will deteriorate the the product, the, the customer service, you know, all of those things will kind of, kind of veer off course and we'll become a corporate entity just like everything we, we strive to not be.
0: Yeah. I mean, anyway. No, I mean that it, it's a fine line that you have to walk because like you said, you do all this, and then the government takes their share, and it's like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to grow this? Yeah, that's
2: that's my biggest hurdle.
1: We're all we, we businesses, small businesses are all overtaxed, and uh, the people that don't own anything or don't have anything, they're all they all bitch. Well, you know, they, we need these companies to pay their fair share. Well, companies are who provide jobs. Even the big boys, I, I get sick of hearing that all the time about Amazon, for example. People all the time gripe, well, Bezos doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. How many jobs does Bezos create? How many jobs is he responsible for? Now, I don't, I'm not a Jeff Bezos fan. I think he's a liberal, and I'm, actually, he's just not my kind of guy. But Treats his employees like shit. It, it, but they, they work for him. I'm not taking up for him on that deal, but he provides a lot of jobs. And those products he sells, those products that sell to Amazon, they're providing a lot of jobs. If you take Amazon out and you just do away with them, there's a, that's a lot of jobs or and our a lot of people are feeding their families aren't going to be available. Same with Shell I, Oil Company, you know. I pe- think
2: Amazon needs some competition. They oh, they, they no, do, yeah.
1: but that's going to have to come from free enterprise. It's just like yeah. G, GM. If the government would have let GM fail, there's guys in private business that would have scooped up General Motors and bought it and reorganized it and would have been in, it would have it would have come around again. But in the hunting industry, like Cabela's, for example. Bass Pro, whoever it is, it's Bass Pro. They don't have any competition. They control that sector. And people bitch about it, but they do provide jobs. You know? And that was one man's dream. And and that's the same with Bezos. Amazon does need some competition. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. But didn't it come out, was it them or Tesla? They don't pay any taxes? I think it's uh, Amazon.
1: The way their company's set up, they're paying taxes. They just don't pay... What everybody thinks they should pay. Everybody thinks they should be writing the government a check for $2 billion a year or something. Well, fucking poor dive bomb's having to.
2: I don't know what their gross revenue is or what their what their income is, but it should be, I mean, at least the amount I'm paying is a percent. Right. A percent.
0: They, they've so got I, those. Loop- I don't know. Yeah. But that's what screws. It says Amazon right here in 2018 paid $0 in federal income taxes on more than a billion dollars in profits before taxes.
1: They probably... It also
0: received a $129 million tax rebate from the federal government. That's what he's (laughs) saying. And what you're saying, small businesses get the shaft from government.
1: Right, right. But what I'm saying is, is that small businesses... First of all, I'm not a big Amazon guy. Oh, you are too, Jeff. I I do buy some stuff (laughs) from Amazon. You were
0: were cheering. A tear came to his eye when Jeff Bezos... (laughs)
1: Went through the atmosphere the no. other night in his ding dong rocket ship. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Jeff, Jeff Bezos <laughs> at crying. all. He was crying.
0: He was crying. came to
1: his eye. My, what What I'm saying is, he also. You don't have to drive to any big big city in America. And I bet in St. Louis or somewhere they're building an Amazon facility.
2: Somewhere they're everywhere. That's right, and that's Which why he he's not paying three.
1: taxes because they're he's every- he's re- now,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't know why that would be more of a local tax than a federal tax. I mean, if we're kind of in this process right now with different municipalities in St. Louis. You know, we'll we'll give you tax abatement on your property tax for 5, 18, uh, 5, 10, 18 years, whatever it is, if, to basically incentivize you to move there. But we still we still have to pay income tax to the state and the federal government. It's basically the property tax on, on the place we stay. So if we buy a building, we're going to have to pay property tax. If we lease a building, we're going to have to pay... Uh, triple net, which is CAM, I think insurance and taxes. So that would be the major the, that would be the major incentive incentive for St. Louis saying Amazon come build here. Not not they can't just say St. Louis can't say I'm not gonna you can't pay federal tax or you're not gonna have to pay the state of Missouri. So anyway, when I look around, basically the landscape of industrial and industrial places in St. Louis like industrial buildings, I've gone around and I mentioned we're moving hopefully moving next summer. I've gone around and and there's like three or four subleases available that are massive buildings with drive-throughs and big ass fans. Those fans that are like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. And these places are decked out and they're all for sublease and they've only they've got like four years or five years left in like a six or seven year term lease. And they're all Amazon buildings. Mm-hmm. They're all Amazon buildings because they've grown out of the buildings so fast and now they're all building these bigger buildings. It's like this trickle i don't know how the hell they can afford i mean now i know they don't pay taxes it's probably a lot easier for them to not afford to have to pay for these four hundred thousand square foot buildings they move into for a year and then move out of and they're still on the hook Mm -hmm. it's crazy
1: are uh you you're so the local municipalities up there their edc boards won't come and do a recruit deal to get y'all to come there and get y'all building for
2: oh they they were we had a municipality here last week yeah, they. I don't know that. I don't. I think they're not that thrilled that we're an online retailer because when you look uh, at yep
1: sales, when,
2: look at yep when you look at sales, they're not focused directly in their city. They're focused all over the country. And now, and now in online sales, you have a sales tax nexus. Five years ago, you could sell freely over the internet to any state you want, not have to worry about uh, sales tax repercussions. Now. When you sell to a different state and you you cross a threshold for transaction or gross gross receipts, you have to start remitting sales tax. So the local municipality is basically, in our case, would benefit only in the local sales. Uh, but they're they're still so that was basically the big big uh, negative to to what what they were interested in. But they they mentioned at the end of this meeting, they're like, you know. All of this stuff aside, there is one factor that's really not quantifiable, and that's cool factor. Uh, they're like, it would be very cool to put you in an industrial park with your logo and your youthful vibe and all your all your reach on the internet. You got the dog barking. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the cool factor. So, and I've had a, I've had a, a couple small towns reach out and say, hey, we have. We have grants that we could give you basically interest-free loans for up to five years at several million dollars if you move this business to to our small town. And I and I, uh, I think we need to be, basic, you know, at least within close proximity to a larger city or major interstates to, to do what we're doing, which is ship same day and, and have our product go out and get received fast by all of our customer base, so.
1: As a uh, member of the Knox City EDC board, <laughs> we would make you a hell of a pitch to come here and open up your business. Cool. It Good would be, too. It, it would be a huge, huge, huge uh, change of lifestyle for most of you people, though. <laughs> 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 so how, do how does it work selling, like, say you... St-
0: is- you mentioned you're you taxed differently once you sell to another state. How does all that work? Like if you sell to New York, sell something in New York State. So
2: I'll tell you. It used to we we'd have to kind of I don't want to say ballpark, but ballpark. Right when this started, ballpark uh, average sales tax for a state. So all the states are different. Some charge sales tax on shipping. Some don't. Uh, and then some go by county versus just uh, state wide blanket blanket uh, percentage. So now there's an application. So we basically have a platform website with all of these different applications that plug into it. Shipping application, a shopping cart application, a credit card processing application. And the latest one is one called Avalara, which is a sales tax nexus, uh, uh, basically application that plugs into the shopping cart. So in real time, it will figure out based on the customer zip code, whether or not the, the shipping is applicable to sales tax, and the sales tax percent reach with which they should be charged it charges that consumer and then it puts it basically in a separate folder and uh, our bank account is debited by state each month or each quarter or every six months whatever the frequency is uh by that amount Jeez. So i mean autopilot you know autopilot great awesome uh we don't have to worry about it but it's not free we have to then pay on a transaction amount and then subscription base for this for this application. Uh, and we're not, our government's not paying for that. I mean, I don't expect them to. We can't really pass that on to consumer and sales tax. only thing we could do is either take it in shorts or pass it on in profit margin hike or basically a price hike, uh, which if you look at our V2 silhouettes, the price has not changed since they were brought in in 2011, which is crazy.
0: Do you foresee any uh, a price increase? I mean, at this point, is it inevitable? A little bit?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No question, it's inevitable. I mean, our pay scale is increasing, cost of business is increasing, the cost of materials are increasing, the cost of shipping is increasing, uh, inflation. I mean, all of these things are definitely going to weigh on pricing. Uh, I'm I have my own strategy. Uh, on what I want to do, moving on price increases that I'm probably not going to discuss, but yeah, they're inevitable. Uh, you know, I think the name games probably try to hold out until, you know, you have to. Um, so that's kind of my plan.
0: It's everybody wants to be in your shoes. I mean, you you built a successful business. It's growing. Um, you've got a great fan base, but nobody. In their right minds, would ever think about all the shit and all the legal hoops that you have to jump through on almost a daily basis to get to where you are right now.
2: Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, there's a lot that goes on here behind the scenes. Um, a lot of which is basically funding and appeasing different vendors and building relationships with those people. I mean, especially with with banks to get them to go out on a limb and and support you and, and, you know, they're obviously going to evaluate your financials, your income statement and your balance sheet. Uh, And, but then past that, I mean, there's gotta be a level of trust and they have to see basically come in here and see what's going on. Like I mentioned, see the culture, see the growth firsthand. And then when they go to their board or their lending group, they can say, Hey, you know, on a normal, on a normal position, he'd only be eligible for this, this much of a line of credit or a loan for this amount. But we see the growth. I mean, we've got a trajectory from five years of these income statements that show solid growth that we can go ahead and loan him more than this amount. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes on in keeping everyone here happy. I mean, compensation-wise and, and job-wise and, and everyone's family. I mean, even past you know, personal level is just is important. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot here. I'm oftentimes up at about 2 o'clock to about 4.30 in the morning just up thinking, writing notes down on my phone or, or looking at things or talking to different people. And Anyway.
0: What time, so, I mean, if you're up at 2, what time do you go to bed normal, like 10, 10.30? Yeah, are you 10, at 30,
2: 11. Honestly, I'm trying to stay up. I'm trying to stay up later to curb this 2 o'clock wake-up time. I'm trying to stay up you know, 11, you know, even midnight, and sleep solid rather than wake up in the middle of the night with anxiety or thoughts or whatever it may be.
0: So is that, is that something that you've consciously, consciously done? Like you wake up and you've got a thought like early on, would you just try to go back to sleep? Or have you found that it helps you to get these thoughts out, put them in your phone or write them down?
2: Yeah. Write them, write them down. Think about them. It's like, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned the sales cycle that we have here. It's a Cody stress level cycle. <laughs> Cody, stre- Cody stress shoots up in the spring and then into the summer when basically you're, you're down to down to your last dollar and you have no space and uh, you're you're asking your neighbors if they have any temporary storage to try to make this thing work and then once you turn the corner in august uh september and, and it all starts to to come back in and everything looks like it's going as planned i'll i'll lighten up i mean i think everyone around here basically tell basically my day-to-day attitude how what position this place is in
1: uh, <laughs> I think- and
2: even at home Heck, i think my dog can even tell
1: Ain't that funny though? Because people on the outside always think, "Oh, they got it so good; they don't have to worry." Blah 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 blah. And they don't realize the bigger company is. There's usually more stress. They just
2: mm-hmm.
1: when it was just when you first started this business, you have a ton more stress now than you probably did when you first started, don't you?
2: I'll tell you, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, it was so long ago, I, d- I just remember I sold five hundred dozen on Craigslist, and then I doubled down, and I and I ran a thousand units, and I just remember. Opening the container, pulling off the first dozen, and cutting the box and looking at them, and they were purple, and they were shiny. uh Oh. And it was every every ounce of money that I that I had made from the first run uh, down the tubes. Couldn't sell them, and so that's basically take them all to, take them all to the bandsaw, cut them in half, and throw them away. There's literally nothing you could do to it, and that was it. That was honestly just about it for me. And I was headed to lunch with my dad one day. And probably the best advice, you know, simple best father-son advice I'd ever gotten. Uh, I said, I, I think I'm going to give it up. And he's like, how did it go And the product was was fine? I said, it went great. Because then you'd be stupid not to give it one more shot. And gave it one more gave it one more go. Product came in great. That's basically how we evolved into V2 was the problems that were basically teetering on the edge of V1. We converted to V2. And uh, it's been I don't say gangbusters. It's just been on the incline since. Uh, and then when you look at it, this business didn't make money for the first five to six years. Five to six years. I I didn't pay myself one one red cent for the first five six years. I wasn't I was even on payroll up until about two year two three years ago. Asher was our first guy on payroll. I think wow. Nick Kosis was number two. So wow. Yeah, it, I don't know. And so I think my stress management is getting better, but.
0: And you're – it's just – my hat's off to you. I mean, anybody that owns a business, you know, they know what – but so many people just want to point at guys like you or hunting outfitters or Amazon like Jeff was doing. Um,
1: you're the one that ripped on the wealthiest man in the world. Not I me. didn't rip
0: on him, Jeff. That was you. Um, but so many people rip on these companies, and they, they don't know. Like, you bet everything on dive bomb working, and it's paid off. So you should be in a position where you can, you know – reap some benefits and you you've earned it
2: every every one of these uh these loan documents has a little thing in there that says personal guarantee Uh, that means everything that i own right so that's just that's a little spooky but at this point i'm just used to it
0: (laughs) i can imagine so well cody uh let's start wrapping up here so we're going to see pentails in the near future
2: you're going to see pintails, blue wing teal. You're going to see uh, cool things like the flag I detailed here. We've got an A frame, the kickback we talked about. The kickstand is the barrel rust. Uh, the dry line bag is getting re released, I think, uh, for the end of July. Um, and then, in, in addition to the dry line bag that we'd offered last year, game strap here. Nice. Eight loops, floats, hooks on with a clip to the outside of your bag. We've got a little shell case here. Uh, with a loop, hang in the timber, hang from a tree, keep your shells dry, keep them together, pour them out of the box, deep fix it, uh, and then a backpack that Kate has. Um, and then look for maybe some full bodies coming this spring, uh, a more comprehensive line of gear. Right now we've got our base layer that was a huge success it's a bargain. The materials are awesome. Uh, we've got that in white and brown coming, which is cool. Mid layer we have out a shell. More base layers, some hats, some gloves. Um, sky's the limit here. Uh, Tommy's working full bore our, our engineer on new products, so there's a lot coming down the pipe. Um, we're more excited to, to continue to grow.
1: Yeah. Well, we can't wait for our October shipment. We always get it's like Christmas around here for us. So,
0: Cody, keep yeah. keep killing it, my friend. Uh, hopefully, one day we can uh, share a blind together, and uh, we'll keep rooting from you. Da- we'll keep rooting for you down here in Texas. So.
2: Thank you, guys, as always. Love the, love the podcast. Appreciate the support. You guys are doing a great job.
0: Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you, you very Cody. much. Cody. Have a good and, day. Uh, and God bless a, you. Have a good day, bud. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Damn it. I didn't even think to do it.
1: You missed your deal. I Cody, missed it. Cody Stokes, interesting guy.
0: That's crazy, though. I mean, so many people, you know, you don't think about it's just a shoestring that you're on whenever you own a business.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, always, it's always just like out here. It's like, easy for the out, the guy on the outside. It's always easy to point fingers. I do this and I do that. But the funny thing is, is the guy who comes to work for you that knows how to run everything else, but he never ran nothing anywhere else, or he's been out of business doing it himself three or four different times. Yeah, no, those guys always trip me out. <laughs> they go to work for another outfitter and they know. Well, they're going to do this and they're that. Well, why didn't you do it at the three other places that you ran that you didn't do good? So
0: kind of like Biden. You're bitching about all this stuff. Well, why didn't you just fix it when you were there for 50 years? You've been here 50
1: years. He is the worst president this country's ever just, had.
0: Just fix it, or any any politician that runs that's been in there. Well, I'd do it this way. what well, the fuck are you had your chance.
1: Yeah, he he's horrible. That's a or whoever's running. He ain't running things. We all know that. That's a, that's a so mess. What you keep down there. telling me. Stuff on the border is a mess.
0: Well, we don't have to turn political here. It was okay. a nice conversation. It was. With, uh, otherwise, so
1: we have a whole lot of stuff going on in the world right now that me and you can discuss in our next one. Just me and you, our own round table oh. From, from
0: Jeff, I did see you cry whenever Bezos's penis shaped rocket
1: a little tear. I didn't watch any of that. Right
0: down your eye,
1: you didn't. No, I don't. You I don't give either. two shits. Have about you seen? Jeff Bezos. Have you seen I the just, memes about him yes, and Doctor Evil? Yeah.
0: They both have a penis shaped rocket. I,
1: I don't have anything against. Jeff Bezos at He's all? He's the ultimate success story. He is, and I don't understand. But and people bitch about his taxes. He's going by the tax rules that the politicians make. Elizabeth Warren bitches about it all the time. Well, you know what? You you she she wants free education, but she cashes a f- half million dollar check from Harvard every year to teach one class.
0: But it does suck, just like small businesses like uh, I, us and. You know, I'm dive bomb talking about it.
1: It is. It's ridiculous it's, on our end. It sucks. Yes, it does. But you have got
0: a billion dollar company making billions of dollars a year, and they pay zero.
1: He he is doing what the, the government deals is. Every place he goes and builds a brand new warehouse, he gets to write that off his taxes oh. and stuff. That's what I'm saying. He's doing stuff to that instead of paying taxes. He's he's. Uh, Investing in himself, but that's what he wants. That's what Cody he wants to do. He should be able that's to That's what I, Cody's saying. Like right. I
0: can't, I can't reinvest because I am getting so much taken.
1: Uh, yeah, from it's it's a screwed up deal. But he also can afford billions of dollars in tax attorneys. Uh, it's a screw. It, it's not a fair situation. I, I, but the guy's going by the rules is what I am saying. Yeah. The politicians they stick it to the people. Small business dive bomb is a very big business to me. A lot, a lot bigger than we are, but they're considered a small business still. I mean, and there's there's this country is made up of them. I mean, we've got. Electronic guys, or electric uh, uh, companies that hunt with us, and construction guys that are, they do $100 million in business a year. And that's still considered a small business. Right. And those guys are in the same boat, and it's a bullshit deal. But everybody always bitches, well, you know, the businesses need to do this. And that. Businesses are the ones that create jobs.
0: Well, Jeff, I don't like it.
1: Well, what, what do you, how do you want to fix it? Do you want to just do all taxes? Yeah. You want to do it that way with all taxes? Everything's gone. So how the fuck are you gonna drive down the road?
0: Taxation is theft.
1: Well, how are you gonna? I'm this
0: bandwagon now. Okay. What well, do you mean? How am I gonna drive down the road?
1: Who's gonna repair the
0: streets and shit? We'll hire somebody. Some there will Who be. A, will, there out will of be what, a, what com- money? There will be a company. What? Jeff, money? You might
1: have to figure. You might have to fix your own shit, bud. See, that's where taxes... There's a lot of things that taxes go to that's good. Fuck
0: them. We'll go back to horse-drawn carriages. We'll just ride it. We'll, we got open range here in Texas. Jeff, I can take off going across anybody's land on my horse and I'm, carriage. I'm not
1: for taxes at all, but we have to have them. The problem we have is people that are spending tax dollars on shit they shouldn't spend on. Like private jets for politicians. Mm, that's the shit big like problem. that is a bunch of bullshit. We, we waste a ton of money that way, but we have to have taxes. Just like school taxes. You know? I saw a lady, what Wichita if? Falls is, listen, This building two schools. are dropping from three schools to two schools. Right. People are bitching. One one lady was mad because, well, my kids are homeschooled. I shouldn't have to pay taxes. Well, lady, listen, that's a real simple process. You can fix that real easy. Fucking become a renter. Because renters don't pay taxes. Mm-hmm. If you don't own property, you don't pay school taxes, correct? Yes. So why the
0: fuck? That's well, a simple and, deal. And I think it goes off businesses, too, somehow. If
1: you own a business. It's because somebody owns that property. Right. But there's if you don't own property, you don't have to pay school taxes. So fucking do that. That's real simple. Just go rent a house. And work minimum wage. Well, you can make a million dollars a year. But if you don't own property, you don't have to pay school taxes.
0: What do you mean? How would you not own property? Like you would just lease the property? For Like say you got a business. Because I think it goes uh, just off, rent it. There's rent somehow it. sales or She, was, she was
1: bitching about her kids are homeschooled, but she has to pay school taxes. Well, what about all the fucking people that own houses their kids are raised and out of school? Right. If you own property, you're paying school taxes. Yeah. So it's simple. Fucking sell your shit and just rent forever. And then you won't pay school taxes at all. You know? We have to have schools. Taxation
0: is theft. I don't have a better answer, though. My, my idea dies at the, at the cool we slope. We are
1: overtaxed and unrepresented.
0: Do you think term limits would help that at all? Or do th- you think it'd still be the same problem? I think
1: you could fix D.C. A guy like Donald Trump. It'll have to be Donald Trump. Mark Cuban. I don't like Mark Cuban, but Mark Cuban's a smart man. He's There's probably no got a lot of good ideas. Very smart man. He could go to Washington, D.C. and could probably fix it in eight years just like Trump was. Trump was on the verge of really fixing D.C., and that's really one reason we want to get rid of him. Because politicians shouldn't get paid. Shouldn't pay a dime. If, if you took every, every job in Washington, D.C. that's an elected official, if every one of them was someone there on a voluntary basis, you're going to have successful people that can afford to be gone for two or three months from their business and work. That's the way it should be. Just- well,
0: I don't know about that. Cause Why? Cuz you get one fucking nutbag in there like a doctor, like a Jeff Bezos. Do you think that if Jeff Bezos got put in one of these positions that do you think he could put his personal needs aside? I think it's a rare person that can take a job like that and not look for the kickback for if, Amazon. If
1: you did if, if you if you t- if you made them On paper it's a good thing. No no lobbying at all anymore. No lobbying. If you get caught lobbying, you go to prison. Well, there's no reason to have special needs up there.
0: Well, I mean, how are how are these how are these politicians supposed to know about the industry? You know, like say the cattle industry needs something. How are these guys supposed to know it if there's not somebody up there to tell them? Like, hey, listen, you might want to look at this.
1: Small towns all across this country are ran without politicians getting paid a dime. It's usually people in town that are business owners.
0: What's the threshold? Wichita Falls, the people get paid, don't they? No. The mayor doesn't? No,
1: I don't think so. I think he does. I don't think so. Unless they're, they're, there's two kinds of government in Texas. There's a, a mayor government that runs the thing, and you have a city manager government. The city manager runs Wichita Falls. They have a city manager. Their mayor don't get paid a dime. The same as I didn't get paid mayor when I was mayor in Knox City forever. Now, it's apples and oranges, a town of 1,000, 1,500 people compared to 100,000 people. Abilene's mayor doesn't get paid. Wichita Falls does not have a mayor? They have a mayor, yes.
0: That's not what it says here.
1: They do have a mayor.
0: Wichita Falls does not have a mayor.
1: They have a mayor.
0: I don't know what that they
1: is. They do. Their mayor. Their, their their government is paid for their city manager. Their city manager answers to their mayor. Their mayor runs everything as a figurehead. And that who the city manager's real boss is the city. The actual the city council is his boss day-to-day operations, the mayor is his boss.
0: Wichita, Kansas, they pay their board members.
1: Well, there's cer- certain states have different laws. That's what I'm saying. New York City's mayor gets paid. Wichita
0: City Council pay has climbed 24% in five years.
1: But in Texas, the county commissioners get paid. So, But anyways, back to my D.C. deal. If you had every politician in D.C. wasn't getting paid and had to be a and you took away all lobbying, you could clean some of the fraud and shit up that they have. That's the problem. There's too much fraud. Way too much money. For sure. There's, there, someone, just common sense, shouldn't tell you that someone's making $170,000 a year, like Nancy Pelosi makes, shouldn't be worth $35 million.
0: She's got good investors.
1: Yes, yeah, she does. And, and, and gets paid under the table for stuff, and it's wrong, and they shouldn't do that. But that's our problem is we letting people in D.C. do stuff like that. But someone like Bezos, Donald Trump, Mark Cuban, you would have a lot of people like that as politicians that are running things. And we need – those people are on boards all over the country on different company boards. Right. You know, Marriott's got a board of directors. If you found out who they are, you'd probably be surprised some of them are. They're other billionaires and stuff. You know, they want people in there that's got the hindsight that know how to run stuff.
0: I don't know. I'd still be a little bit nervous. But Get this evil billionaire in there.
1: Every small town in America, usually you're going to find the people that are, that, are, that are members of the council, the mayor, the school boards and stuff, usually are people. You're usually not electing the dumbass from the town. Right. You're usually electing people that have some skin in the game, that have a little bit of common sense. No, not all, not all of them. But I'm glad that wasn't
0: a prerequisite for the boards that I'm on.
1: The water board you're on is really upstanding people.
0: Well, common sense.
1: So, you're saying your school board is not, huh?
0: I don't know how I, uh, I, don't know how I got <laughs> rope doped into that. If if common sense and... Would
1: you run again? If you have to run again, will you, will you run? Are you going to run next time you're up? Yeah. If you got beat, would you run again? No. No. Are you pulling for yourself to get beat or to win?
0: I mean, I want to win anything that I do.
1: Okay. Well, that's competitive.
0: Yeah. But, yes, I will. Until I get beat, I'll stay on the board. Problem is... Nobody runs.
1: I retired from that. This
0: is a this is kind of a lifetime appointment. We had a could have had an election last spring and nobody put their name in the hat.
1: I had to run twice as for mayor, I had two people run against me two times. But then the one time I had two people run in one election against me. But the last and then in two times when I ran, nobody ran. And I didn't run the last time and nobody else did either and I wasn't gonna run. I wouldn't run. You couldn't pay me to be a politician ever again. Everywhere. At any I don't level. know, Jeff. Don't ever say that. I'm telling you right now, I'm never going to run for office of anything. I don't want to be anything. I don't even want to be a judge no more, probably.
0: They make a lot of do Ray. Me up there, Jeff. Where? Washington, D.C.
1: <laughs> I have way too many skeletons, and it ran my mouth too much to ever be elected. Donald Trump Washington got D.C. elected president, Jeff. Donald he's Trump had, had billions of dollars.
0: He's had sex with hookers, porn stars, and... You name it, he's probably stuck his penis in
1: it. And we need more Donald Trumps in the world.
0: I'm not saying that we don't. I'm not. That's apples and oranges. But I'm saying, if there was ever a guy that had skeletons in his closet, George Bush was a drunk.
1: He's a cokehead and a drunk.
0: Ted Kennedy killed somebody.
1: Well, John F. Kennedy was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. They don't. Have so, th- I mean, I don't. I don't want to be a politician ever again. There's a whole lot better people out there to be politicians than me. I'm done with all that. I had an opportunity to run for a big office one time and I turned it down. And, yeah. I, and I'm not going to do it. I'm done. You heard podcast, it here first. This podcast here, I get to speak all I want to speak about stuff. <laughs> I get to speak my mind. And here's the thing I don't have to vote on anything. Right. I can speak on I'm on a board right now still. EDC. That? Get right. fucking
0: dive bomb down here, Jeff. Yeah. You want to see Nox City turn around? There you go. You get dive bomb here. That's how you do it, Jeff.
1: We will never have, we don't have the infrastructure for anything big here. I'm going to tell you what, small towns in West Texas and Oklahoma and Nebraska, all through the Midwest everywhere, got big problems right now. We have just the, – the, the infrastructures in the small towns are dying more and more. Work, work participation is very low, and I don't – I really believe by 2030 you're going to see a big problem in our country with just lack of electricians and plumbers and stuff because they're all older guys. There's not enough young guys that are in them fields anymore we're getting more and more people we're building more shit but we got less people to build them and know how to do them
0: yeah interesting times jeff
1: big time all right well we thank y'all for listening to us god bless you uh we're gonna have a big giveaway on next week no i'm gonna be gone next week
0: still when it's gonna be announced yeah
1: okay andy's gonna announce while i'm gone next week so anyways looking glass has got a uh giveaway A giveaway going on right now. Split Split Reads got a giveaway going on right now. And then we're going to announce
0: ours first week of August. Okay. Draw in September. All right. Now, uh, I know Split Reads, theirs ends on August 1st. I don't know when Looking Glass does. So, your days are numbered there if you want to get in on the Split Read one. Have a good one, folks. Check out all of our great sponsors. We've got a lot of good ones. You should not have to go anywhere if you're trying to buy something in the waterfowl world. Check out Dive Bomb Industries. Right off the top. Check out Pacific Calls, Shin Gear Waiters, Boss Shot Shells, Dirty Duck Coffee, uh, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Duck Club. Don't forget about the giveaway. Gun Dog Outdoors, Goose Creek Retrievers, Bangtail Whiskey, EyeSight Drone Service, and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters.